Hello and welcome to the Sensibly Speaking Podcast. This is Chris Shelton, the critical thinker at large, coming at you for another hour of power here on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and wherever good podcasts are sold, as well as with video here on YouTube. Hey, everybody, you can see I have a guest this week. This is Alonda Carter, and we are going to talk about multi-level marketing, MLMs. Hi, Alonda. Welcome to the show. Hi, Chris. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, thank you for doing this. You know, you and I have been in touch for well over a year, and we are finally doing this. I uh, had some schemes and plans prior to doing my uni studies, my university study, where I was going to put a bit of a documentary together on multi-level marketing, and I still probably could do that. I've got a lot of great content. We talked, other people, um, you know, Robert, of course, especially, who has, you know, written an entire book about this that he just published recently. I'm going to actually put a little link for him down on uh, to his newly published book because it is absolutely a wonderful, wonderful source, uh, primary source of information on MLMs. But you have been an anti-MLM sort of activist, MLM survivor, in the same way I am a Scientology survivor and an anti-cult activist, I guess you could say, or exposer of abuses. What is your basic uh, deal with this? What's your background on this? Because you came from uh, Beachbody. Right. Well, I guess I'll just kind of tell you my story of how I discovered yeah. I was a, a hunbot. And <laughs> I will tell your listeners what a hunbot means. Yes, please. Because I had no clue. <laughs> um, back in... In 20, I think 2015, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. And so I went through all of that. And the day that I went back to work, like, okay, I can now do it without radiation or anything. I was laid off. And that was along with 80% of the training department. And so that was like really, really hard. And my husband and I were also, we had just been not even married for a year. I don't think when this all happened. And um, we were moving and when I moved, I met someone. We actually met in Yelp because we were both like reviewing things and looking for apartments. And it ended up being my neighbor who was with Beachbody. I had no idea what Beachbody was. No clue. But one day I decided to look for the stuff and then I ordered something through her and then I knew she was doing this. And I'm like, well, you know what? If you can make money with it, surely I can. She never even, you know, she didn't prospect me or anything. I was just basically like, sign me up. I'm going to do this. And so I did. Okay. <laughs> and, um, so you sort of self-recruited. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. Because okay. I'm like, I, I, I wanted to be able to have the freedom to travel. My husband is a wine guy. So when he gets to go to vineyards around the world, I didn't want to be tethered and have to ask permission. I wanted to be able to travel with him. And so I thought this would be great. And, you know, hey, I've liked exercise in the past, so I, I can do this. I've figured out all kinds of things in my life. I can do this. And then that didn't happen, not anywhere close to happening. So that's how I got into it. Now, how I became like an activist, I'll kind of go through that. So I, I tried a whole bunch of things, which I'm not going to go into right now. And then we were moving again. We've moved so much in the past few years. It's just crazy. But when we did, I started watching a lot of YouTube. And all of a sudden, some videos about r slash anti-MLM came into my bubble. And I'm like, well, what is this? And I started watching it. And I'm like, holy crap, they're making fun of these hey girl messages. Because I would send out the hey girl messages. And I'm like going, oh my gosh, I was a hunbot. Holy crap. And then I started researching, which is something I always do, except when it came to MLM. And I started discovering like, okay, I've got to talk about this. I can't just go silently into that good night. I'm going to tell my story. I want to know more about this. So I started digging in. So a hunbot is someone, usually the hey girl messages or, or hey hun, but you copy and paste so it becomes robotic. And, so, and then sometimes there's copy paste fails, which are really funny. Um, so that's, I decided I'm going to do this and came up with the recovering Hunbot because I'm still in recovery and I think I will be for a long time. Understood. Understood. So 
Now, of course, a lot of people would hear just what you've said so far and go, well, okay, big deal. I mean, you kind of put yourself into the fire and then you kind of, you know, realized you were in a fire and, oh, hey, surprise, it burns. What was it? So let's break this down a little bit. What was it that gave you the idea that this is even something you should be pursuing in the first place. I mean, she didn't, your neighbor wasn't singing the praises of Beachbody to you, but somehow you got the idea that this is something you could prosper with. Yeah, because she had alluded to the fact that she was a six-figure income earner. So that, you know, perked up my ears and she was working from home and she had the freedom to set her own hours all of that spoke to me because again, you know, I didn't have a job. And at the time I was looking for a job, I was still seeing my doctors. And when I'd go and interview somewhere, I'd ask that they would have any possibility to work from home on occasion, because, you know, I'm in Houston, it's a big city and traveling is going to take forever. And a lot of times that was not an option. And that was really not sitting well with me. I'm like, but I don't want to, you know, like give up all my PTO just to go to the doctor. And so when I heard her talk about it, I was like, well, this is something I could do. I could create my own thing through this. So it looked like a vehicle to be able to have the time freedom to bring in an income and all, all, all of the things that go with MLM. And when I got into it, I had no idea what multi-level marketing was, although multi-level marketing has come into my life many times over the course of my life, which I, I had no idea. And things that started happening because you, well, you're very familiar with this. You get love bombed. So you get put into these groups and everybody starts paying attention to you and it feels good. It's intoxicating. You feel like, oh, this is a family. These are people. We all have the same goals and dreams and we can lock arms and we can do this thing. So that is the first part of it. But then there is the indoctrination with absolutely everything that happens because every Monday there's a national wake up call. You got to be on that. You got to hear what's going on with that. You got to be around like-minded people. If anybody is negative, you got to cut them out of your life. You've got to be a product of the product. That's one of the four vital behaviors of Beachbody. So then you got to consume the product. You got to do the workouts. You got to do the shakeology. You got to do all of those things. Personal development is another one, which is intimately connected with um, multi-level marketing. So, and that, helps to transform you as well. Because if you don't have success, it goes back to, well, you need to work on your mindset and then you need to work harder. It goes really back to those two things, your mindset and work harder and well, don't give up. It, well, exactly. Because lacking any other technique of success, that's, you know, it's all just on you. Um, so first off, I guess we should be clear that multi-level marketing, MLM as a concept is a phrase that doesn't even mean anything. I mean, what what is multi-level marketing? What does that even mean? It's because it, 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 a term you sort of think about that for a second and go, what? Well, it's come by. It, there's many names for it, and mm-hmm. these companies will deny that they're this, and they'll go try to go by something else. It could be direct sales, network marketing, social selling, pyramid selling, multi-level marketing. I mean, a myriad of things. But overall, just to break it down, and I will say I'm generalizing, so I'm not saying every company does it exactly like this. But this is basically what happens: is you get a starter kit for whatever fee. You typically pay then a monthly fee for like your back office. And then typically there is some sort of product that you have or service that's on auto ship. And you can make money by selling the products, which I've done the math. It's impossible to make a livable wage from just selling the products. You can't do it. And you can have the opportunity to build a team, meaning recruit people, underneath you and so that you will rise up in ranks and there's always these different names and it doesn't matter if it's a double backflip pikachu or if it's a you know an otter fox face i mean they have all these bizarre names and it and that doesn't matter it's just the it's more about getting you to believe that you can rise up and you can create passive income residual income but the problem becomes that People stop their auto ship. People decide they don't want to do this anymore and they drop out. And I always kind of liken it to a Jenga tower. 
because you have to keep on like then trying to fill in those slots if somebody you know leaves and it's like a constant there's so much energy that you put out into it and you work by far much harder than you ever have for like a regular job so that's basically the gist of how this works and you may know things like amway um, tupperware avon beach body it works lula rogue Kayani. i mean there's there's just so many Yes, there are. There are hundreds, maybe thousands of these companies, and they've, they have come and gone, risen and fallen over the years. Amway is the, most, the single most successful one, but it wasn't the first one. And uh, the history of this is fascinating, but something we won't get into today too much, you know, maybe allude to a few things, but we can cover the history of this in a lot more detail in a future episode. But the markers that you've described so far, I want to be clear, I want to I lay this out for people very simply, because I want people to understand that, that getting recruited into or joining up with one of these groups is incredibly similar in terms of um, checklist points, you know, checkboxes you have to hit to the way Scientology or a destructive cult, or like the Hare Krishnas or the JWs or, you know, these kind of groups would go after people and recruit them. You're looking for people who are not in a good way, particularly, are looking for a change of some kind, are even desperate financially. This is a financial scam. This is not a religious belief system sort of scam, although you get religious fervor you know, later on into it. But at the beginning, we're talking about a business thing. And so you, your hackles are down. They're not raised because it's not a religion. They're not trying to change your mind and your life and your entire belief set, so it seems, at the beginning. They're just trying to make it easier for you to make some money. And it's guaranteed. It's easy. It's, a, it's, a, it's so easy. It's amazing. Nobody else is doing it. How is everybody not on board with this? It is sort of the attitude at the beginning. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Like with Beachbody, it's always like you just have to help two people each month. That's it. Just two people. It's, and that sounds simple, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, surely you can help two people. And then you try it. Now, if you have a big network, there's probably going to be people that do say yes, but the average bear generally doesn't. And generally people are not interested in this thing, whatever that is that you have to offer. Exactly. And as word has been spreading of this over the decades, it's become more and more known that this is not a good thing. MLM, direct selling, these these phrases, this is why they're continuing to have to change the descriptors and the and the language because the 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 loaded language this whole topic started with has been exposed as a as a scammy con, you know, and so now they have to rework it all the time. But the basic model, if we're gonna describe this in a terms of a model that would apply for perfumes, for Tupperware, for uh, food products for vitamin supplements for a- almost any material good can fit into the scheme somehow. But the idea is basically like we used to talk about with social media and still should really, you're the product. It's not necessarily the things you're selling that are the product. It's what you come to eventually learn. It's like you are the one who has to stay on board and keep paying into this in order for the people who got you on board to keep making money from you. Is that is that right? The network is are the customers. Something uh-huh. that I always say. I mean, think think about this. If you've been at a party. You're hanging out with friends at their house, you know, no somewhere where you're social. I mean, granted, right now we're not doing that, but you know, pretend. Um, have you ever heard anybody start talking about a product that's an MLM product and saying how fabulous it is? It's not like there is this market that there's all these people clamoring for these products unless you're within the network and they keep on creating new products. And since you have to be the product of the product, you got to try it. And you're a business owner because you're told you're a business owner, but you're actually an independent contractor. But you'll buy that you're a business owner and then kind of logically go like, well, and I'm a business owner. That means I need to invest in my business. So I need to get this product because I'm investing in my business. But meanwhile, you're, you are the customer. 
Well, exactly. So because um, because you, I think what I, where I was trying to go with that is that you learn that you can't just, you know, if you had the better mousetrap, you know, you build the better mousetrap, the world will be the path to your door, right? You'll make, you'll make, you'll, you, you'll have all the money in the world. So one of the things that it seems in common for what I've observed is from one company to another, to another, to another, they're selling some product or set of products or, or a series of products that are supposed to be so amazing, so wonderful, so fantastic, so economically affordable for what you're getting that, you know, how could anybody not want, you know, 10 million of these things? Yet, you're not allowed to go rent some storefront property and buy a thousand of the units and put them on display and start selling them in a store, in a brick and mortar establishment. You can't do that with this outfit, with this model. With MLMs, you have to sign up other people who are then going to go sell these products. And in the end, that is your product, is signing up other people to sell this product rather than shipping thousands of units of the product itself. Is that, am I on the right path here? That's basically right now with Herbalife, they do have nutrition shops. You know, so the, the, oh, there, there are, are brick and mortar in Herbalife. Yeah. Okay, good to know. But but I but at the same time, I've I've heard and read that there are uh, many many of these companies that absolutely contractually forbid you to do something like that. There's they're all a slightly variations of all the same thing. I mean, yeah. you know, they just happen to allow these nutrition clubs. But if you've watched Betty on Zero, you see people lose thousands upon thousands upon thousands of dollars thinking that they're going to bring people, you know, in for these things. I mean, the, all of them, I mean, myself, I lost in total about $20,000. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So you're not, not rolling in the dough here. And was it, yeah. and was it because, and you mentioned that you were working harder than when you had worked a regular nine to five, 40 hour a week job that yet this is presented as a way for you to kick back and and get them selling product and you're just going to be the upstream and you're going to get all the commissions. So where does the disconnect in the real world happen? How does that what 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 happens in the real world? You have to always be recruiting. You can never stop recruiting. So you have to always be networking and bringing people into the opportunity and presenting the opportunity. In Beachbody language, it's inviting. That's another one of the vital, the vital behaviors is invite, invite, invite. And with Beachbody, you invite them maybe to a, a free group, meaning like, okay, I have a group on Facebook and I did one called Cuckoo for Coconuts. It was all about coconut oil. And then you show the value there of what you have. And then you're trying to kind of get them to switch over to a, a paid group, which is you are doing the Beachbody programs, you're drinking Shakeology and you're in there and you're motivating people. And that's, you know, again, that's in the Beachbody world of what you're trying to do. All of the other ones work in a very similar type fashion. It is all to get them to be part of the network and to make them think it's the lifestyle more than anything that you're really selling because you see these people who are like on stage and they tell their story and it's always rags to riches and they have this fabulous life and you think, oh, I, I, if I just keep working at it, that's what I can do because that's what they paint is that you have, you will get this lifestyle because all these people will be working for you. But it goes back to they leave, they don't stay, they stop their auto ship. So you have to constantly be plugging in the holes. You, I mean, there's never a moment's rest at all, <laughs> at all. <laughs> and I've been lately, um, you may be familiar with the Shanann Watts case. She was with Lavelle Thrive. And when I've gone through her stuff, you know, I see how much that woman was putting into it. It is like this endless 24 seven, 365, you are on. Well, I'm a little familiar with that. I've been there, done that. Uh, not in MLM world, of course, but yes. And that actually is going right into where the similarities lie because you are painted a picture that it's going to be all rosy. It's going to be all wonderful. You're going to make all this money. Let me show you the math. You know, let me do some calculations. And if you just sign up two people a month, you'll make this much in commissions because they'll be doing this and that. And yet it seems that, um, you know, 
every single one of these companies, as hard as this is to believe, if you actually talk to math people or economic people, accountants and stuff, and I have and you have, about this and about these models and plug these numbers together and start actually working the formulas, because it is just numbers. It's not a matter of, of anything more than numbers. You will quickly find out that it's impossible to make a profit of any real, of any, of any significant amount. And in fact, for, for most of the time that you're going to be involved in this activity, which is why so many people drop out, you're actively losing money. And this even goes to the people who were, who are on the stages talking about their rags to riches story. Turns out when you fact check this, uh, via Amway, for example, they did an actual audit and found that the people who were on stage proclaiming and singing its, its praises were actually broke. Not making any money, actually paying thousands of dollars a year into Amway just for the right to stand on that stage and tell everybody how amazing and wonderful their life is because of it. How do, you know, it's hard to believe that something could be so presented one way and the reality of it is the exact opposite. How, did you find that to be the case? And and since you've been an activist on this, I mean, is there, are there any of these groups that are actually paying people off? You know, that they're getting success? That's a great question because we were honestly, we don't know. We don't have those figures. These companies have the figures. They don't share them with us. Some will put out an income disclosure statement, but even that doesn't tell everything. It just tells a little bit. And when you look at them, most people are making no money. But what it doesn't take into account is like, okay, even the people at the top, how long did it take them to get there? You know, how many hours are they putting in it? You know, they, they just don't give you all the figures that they have. It's, it's a very much a, a smoke and mirror sort of a thing. And you really do just, it alters your personality and you just believe the fantasy that you're told because you hear it again and again and again and again. And before you know it, you're spouting it too. And that's the thing that's so scary. Well, I think that's exactly the thing that's so scary. In fact, I think you have just said the exact thing that alarms me so much about these groups and why I feel the need from my end to talk about these groups is because it alters your personality for the worse, right? It gets you into a fanatical state of mind about the products or the or the service or whatever it is that, that the MLM is pushing out. And so you get into a frame of mind where it can't be the company or the product that's off if I'm not making all the money. It's me. And every single thing that we just talked about, it, all those bits and pieces, uh, are what's propagandized to you. You're told this over and over and over again. It's not the company. It's not the product. That's the miracle. It's a beautiful thing. It, it, it will practically sell itself. If you're not succeeding at this, it's because you're not doing the four vital behaviors, behaviors, right? Or you're not doing the secret six steps to success, or you're not doing the 10 tips to, you know, take over the world or whatever the, 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 the thing is that they're offering you. Again, uh, that's what to me is at the core of the, of the, of the potential harm here is the, is the fact that not only is it economically rapacious, but that it actually messes with you psychologically. I, I think it's very dehumanizing because you do, you start doubting yourself and it's like, you know, mm -hmm. it's like, okay, well, what's wrong with me? And it's like, I'm doing everything that I'm told. I must not be doing it in the right way. But the thing that's even more damaging is that you've been preyed upon, you've been victimized, but then you become the perpetrator. Because I can remember being in a group when someone was, and I can't remember exactly what was said, but this person was alluding to the fact that they were a millionaire and, and we all knew that they weren't. And they're like, well, I'm not yet, but I'm going to be. And it's like you somehow rationalize 
basically lying to people about things and in order to keep going. And I think that is something that is, because it, it, it does it, I'll just say it strips away your humanity. It strips away your integrity and your ethics. Just like all of that goes out the window. It doesn't matter because if I say this and they say yes, then I'll make money. And you're trying to also rationalize that cognitive dissonance thing. This can't possibly be wrong because I believed it so much. So I'm not going to admit that it's wrong. And it's, it just really, it's a, um, it's a mind trip. I mean, and it's not unlike Scientology or any other type of a cult. This is just a business opportunity cult. Exactly. Exactly. And this is where I really want to stress that this is where cultic behavior can become confusing or even a misnomer if you think that cults are small groups of people and the difference between cults and religions is how long they've been around or how big they are or something like that. What we're talking about when we refer to cultic behaviors, we're talking about sets of actions, that sets of behaviors, things people do. And there are things that the leadership of a cultic activity does and there are things that the followers or members of a cultic activity do, regardless of what the subject matter of this of the system or cult or belief set is. It doesn't doesn't matter. So this is how we can talk about MLMs and Scientology in the same breath: the lack of informed consent, the active lying, the personality changes that are required in order for you to to be retained as a member. You have to sort out the fact that you're being lied to with this proposed reality of you becoming a millionaire. And these two things don't, you know, they don't go together. And you're like, well, wait a minute, that doesn't make sense. But I want to be a millionaire and I really want to be a millionaire. So you sort of sort things so that everything will kind of make sense anyway. But it doesn't make sense. But it, you got to make it make sense. And this is where the head trips come from, you know. So how how is your experience with this? Well, you know, I've done many things in my life, as have most people. And I've been able to crack the nut. This nut I could not crack. And that was confounding me because I'm like, I don't understand. And that's, that's how I ended up losing so much money because then there's these coaching opportunities you can sign up for, you know, like Ray Higdon, Eric Worre, you know, like all these different people selling these things. And, you know, you get involved in doing that. I did something, then I ran Facebook ads. Yeah, that was a real winner. I mean, it's just like all these different ways that you're trying to figure out how is this going to work? But you're told that the company has the plan, just follow what they're saying, but then that plan's not working for you. But this person says, they're going to show you the way. Okay, well, let me do what they're going to say. And you can keep trying it again and again and again. And um, for me, I, I kind of slowly slipped out of it because I was doing um, instructional design as an independent contractor because I, we needed to bring in money. That was the bottom line. We needed to bring in money. And I still didn't have a full-time job. And I really didn't want to do all of that. But at the same time, we needed money. And this obviously wasn't doing it no matter how many hours and I would get up like at 4 30 in the morning work out do my sweaties do all of the things and then all day long until like 10 o'clock I would be working towards this every day all wow. day and by working do you mean you know you mentioned marketing activities Facebook ads trying to get the word out making little videos or postings hey hun you know did you hear about this hey hun did you hear about that so this kind of activity, what, was it focused mainly on trying to get more people on board in your group to sell these products? Well, it definitely was connecting with people, trying to you know, like make, make friends on Facebook and start conversations. So you'd have a bazillion different conversations going at one time. There would also be different trainings to go to, all to be around like-minded people. Don't want to be around anyone that doesn't believe literally, you know, you, you don't, that's what they tell you. It's like, cut them out of your life, get rid of them. Mm. So if anybody's saying, Hey, it doesn't look like this is really making you a lot of money. Ah, away. Oh yeah. They're the naysayers, you know, get, get literally get rid of them. There's people that have gotten divorced because of this. Oh, I was going to ask you, did this, did this cause any tension in your marriage? 
It really didn't. Not not with me. I mean, I guess I'm very fortunate that my husband just wanted me to be happy. And I didn't even know it. He had been involved in an MLM before. (laughs) Um, And he already knew what I was getting involved with, but he just really didn't say anything because he was like, well, if this is going to do it for you and, you know, okay, okay. But now he's all for me speaking out because, you know, I know what the truth is of the situation that most people are going to lose money. And it may not be just on the products. It could be like me running around getting these different courses and coaches and books and this and that and all of this, you know, going to different events, whether it's going to the conference, whether it's going to the Super Saturday, that's a Beachbody thing. You know, all these meetings, but all of it is designed just to keep you believing in the lifestyle of having residual slash passive income and that you too can do this and you're going to be able to have an easy life. It's just around the corner. You've just got to keep working towards it. Just never stop. Right. Well, if you run the numbers on this, and we have (laughs) many times, then you will find that there are at the very, very beginning of these things, and I mean within the first 10 people, is when you need to get on board and get to the top of that pyramid and and recruit some people and get them under you. Because if not, there is zero chance that you're going to make any money doing this. And it's interesting how I get to say something like that with such certainty, but We've run the numbers. I mean, there, it seems like almost no matter what commission system is in place, what bonus system is in place, what how what what the price of the product is, it seems that that always works out to be that way. Again, have you found exceptions to this? Am I am I talking out my ass here? <laughs> no, I haven't. Because the thing is, is that people don't take into consideration is how much they're investing versus how much they're getting in return. Right. You know, that's the thing. They, they're like, oh, well, so-and-so made, I'm just throwing out a number, $60,000. Well, how much was she paying in order to earn that? They're like, is that gross? Is that net? Exactly. And, it, and that's just one place where they can slip you up. How much do you have to pay out to attend all these seminars and workshops and go out to where they are? Are they always local? Can you just drive over or do you have to fly out to some of them? Like, how much are you paying out just to attend these motivational seminars? I mean, that depends. You know, it depends on where it's located. Like when we went to the summit, which is the annual Beachbody conference, it was in New Orleans and we drove there. You know, okay. and then we then we stayed at a crappy little in Slidell. It was the, the worst um La Quinta I've ever seen that in my life. Don't ever <laughs> stay at that Lydell La Quinta. It's horrible. Okay. So, you know, we made it as cheap as possible, but there's people that are flying in from all over the country. And then they're staying in the hotels with that, you know, is the best price that's right around the convention center. It's not the best price. And I mean, it can hundreds, if not thousands of dollars for some people, because your flights, your food, the accommodations, and then there's always the little things that you are going to buy because they launch something and the clothes and the this and the that. And unlike any other type of company, for instance, back in the day when I worked in like cosmetics, you're given samples of stuff. You're given product. You're not given anything. Even when I'd go to Super Saturday and there'd be like Shakeology there and even at the convention, no, you're paying for it. Mm-hmm. Everything. Exactly. Nothing free on this one. That's exactly, no. yeah. And this is and this is why I say you're the product because from the top, top senior level, the people who are actually making money doing this, and we're talking about five to, five to eight people in any one of these pyramids at the very, 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 very top. We're talking about the Betsy DeVosses of the world. That's who we're talking about when we're talking about that, right? Is I mean, her, her, uh, she's she's in the Amway family, <laughs> the DeVos, yeah, yeah, the DeVos she family, she's, right? She's not part of the Amway, but she is within the family, and that would be That's you know right. DeVos, you know, DeVos and Van Andel are the ones who you know founded Amway. The person who was at the top of Amway is um, Jaeger, Dexter Jaeger, and he, mm-hmm. he died in 2019. Right, and now somebody else has stepped up to that, I suppose. Uh, yeah, I'm sure there are someone that just like slithers on up. Yeah, you know? basically, exactly. <laughs> um, but I'm, what I'm trying to get here, what I'm, the point I'm trying to make is that those are the people at the top who are seeing some profit, 
who are seeing some real profit, I mean, real money from this to the tune of millions and millions of dollars. And they rely on this dream, this fantasy. That is what they're selling is kind of where I really want to get down to brass tacks with this. And I'm kind of thinking right now of ways that people could detect or know early on, right from the get-go, or at least early enough on in the process that they don't lose too much money before they realize what's going on. What what sort of things are going to happen to a person at the get go with any of these groups that are going to that are going to be markers or red flags or indicators that maybe they have stepped into an MLM that was very carefully camouflaged to look like something else? Well, you were you will hear we're not a pyramid scheme. We have a product or we have a service. And that's really the only distinguishing characteristic is that there's a product or a service, but both rely on endless chain recruitment. And so if you hear something like that, if people are having to defend what it is that they are offering, that should be a huge red flag. Fair enough. And you mentioned a very important phrase there, endless chain recruiting. And this is a this is a well, could you define what that is and describe like what what do you mean by that in terms of uh, MLMs? Well, like I invite you and then you get to and those two get to and that just keeps on going and going and going. And it, you get to a point, and I think it's 13 levels that you run out of people on the world if everybody is saying yes to the opportunity. Exactly. You can't, exactly. You can't all win. That's right. But it is an endless chain. And actually, in terms of if you're looking for something that you can hold on to or, or recognize right away, oh, this is an MLM. This is direct selling. This is a scam. It would be that if, this, if, the, if, if the business model is endless chain recruiting. I would also say in general – Again, this I'm just trying to make it as simple as possible. The mm-hmm. auto ship of a product associated with, well, you don't have to build a team if you don't want to. You can just do retail sales. But if you know you know people make more money with recruiting a team, that should be like enough to say, like, you know what, not interested. Exactly. Cause a sales organization Basically, the way we have successfully evolved sales organizations, as I understand it, is sort of on a geographic model where you have regions and you have areas where you put people, individuals in charge of a certain zone or area. They are the chief guy, distribution manager, sales manager, whatever you want to call it, for that region. And then he's going to recruit or she's going to recruit maybe three or four or five or however many salespeople. It's going to be a small number for that zone. And that's it. That's the organization. But MLMs would have you believe that, see, that's the standard sales organization. But an MLM would have you believe an infinite number of salespeople can be recruited in any geographic zone. And that itself is such a tremendously bald-faced lie. It's so counter to, the ex- to, to every way that economics works that that should be a screaming red alarm fire, you know, 10 alarm fire for you if you hear anything like that. Like, wait a minute. That's why endless chain is an important phrase in understanding this, I think, because it's you don't want to be part of a sales group where 100,000 salespeople are are all around you in your neighborhood. How are you going to sell anything? (laughs) That's the thing that's so crazy because when you're (laughs) in it, though, you, you don't recognize that. It's, it's like, you know, you have like gauze over your eyes. You can't right. see reality. Exactly. And that's the and that's why I wanted to highlight what you said earlier. And, and, and maybe we should speak about this more is is the personality shifts. Make it so you can't critically analyze this. You can't think about it critically because you're so wrapped up in the fantasy of the of what has been presented to you as this dream opportunity, of uh, this business opportunity. It basically comes down to that potential, 
opportunity, take advantage of. All of these things as though this is some limited time offer. I mean, this is all garbed in in, in the language of salesmanship because there is no actual product you're the product. That's what I, I'm just going to keep coming back to that because that's for me, it's the easiest way to think about this. But I understand there are other ways of describing it. But what, uh, any other red flags I'm missing here? Anything else that we might want to warn people about in terms of the language or the way it's presented? Well, I would say most all of them, they tell you um, the best thing to do is sign up your husband, sign up your wife, sign up your, you know, like you just get to, you get to underneath you. That should be a huge red flag. If now you are having to give up your social equity with your friends and family, you know, and Mm -hmm. you're told that you could bring them in as well. That should be a huge warning flag. Big time. Big time. I sort of think about this like, well, if I was going to be hired to be a salesperson, even at a sleazy used car dealer, pretty sure my supervisor, my sales manager would not say, well, why don't you go sell your wife a car? (laughs) (laughs) You know, pretty sure that's not going to be the first tip out of his mouth or first suggestion as to how I'm going to be a successful used car salesman is why don't I call my mom? And sell her a car, right? And why don't I call my Facebook friends and sell them a car? Like, like no sales manager would tell somebody professionally to go do that. That would be crazy. Yeah, uh, you know, I think it's what's really funny in most of these is they'll have this fast start program, mm. and you know, they tell you like, oh, well, you, there's there's no pressure for you to do it. But if you can do this and this within this amount of time period, you get this bonus thing. And so you know nothing about any of the products or anything. And you've got to go out and somehow convince people to join this, even though what you know about it won't even fit in a thimble because you know next to nothing. And it's like, how that makes no sense. In the real world, you actually are going to have solid training on products and services and their training, which is a whole different topic um, and a very sore spot with me since that's what I do professionally is design training. Um, It doesn't set you up like that at all. You're just kind of like on your own, like, and just like, okay, go. Well, and see, let's, yeah, and let's talk about that because I was actually just about to bring that up. So I'm glad, to, I'm glad you just said that. Your professional training, your professional skill set is in training people how to do their jobs. So, so, so you've been through the mill on this, you know, you've been, you've, you've, you've uh, been chewed up by the MLM, you know, nonsense. What training, what you know, how are, how are you set up for success in your, in your MLM? Oh, they always tell you that, well, okay. The leaders will have these academies and they don't know diddly about what effective training is. And so it's all a bunch of nonsense, but usually the companies will have something too in the back office videos for you to read PDFs and stuff. But it's not effective training because you're in isolation trying to figure this out on your own without any context at all there's no instructional objectives because typically an instructional objective is aligned to the content which is aligned to the assessment there's no assessment there's no evaluation and so there's nothing in it that even remotely resembles anything that as a professional i've ever done and in fact if i would try to turn in anything that i've ever seen that an mlm puts out as training I'd be laughed at and never be able to get a job again in the field. Well, and this is very interesting because I would like to know from your personal experience now, I mean, having critiqued it that at that level, and I agree with you, I've seen some of this stuff and it is ridiculous. Yet, here we are talking now at the time that you were going through this, <laughs> knowing what you know, right? <laughs> How do you explain to people how you didn't see this at the time, right? I know it's crazy. <laughs> it's absolutely crazy and, and mind-numbing. It's like, why? And that's the whole thing. It goes back to the indoctrination into the belief system. And so once you have that belief ingrained in you, 
you're willing to accept it. You're just, you're just become willing to accept. Now, if you do ask a question, and I remember in a different group that I was in, and this happened to be someone, it was a coaching thing, and it was like a course you could get, and then he like disappeared. And I dared ask about it. And it was like, I was attacked. They're all defending this person. It's like, but he just took your money to y'all are, oh, what, what? Right. You know, and so it's the same thing within MLM. If you start questioning, you become the enemy. Right. That's right. We cannot have critical thinking in this activity. And that's actually really important to stress because it's actually another one of the red flags that you can and really, really should be watching for. Whenever anyone, I think, gets involved in a new activity, unless they are an exceptionally outspoken or uh, assertive personality, generally speaking, people are going to be rather reserved and backed off and observing and trying to take in what's going on. It's a new environment. They're unsure. They know they don't know. They want to figure it out. All these other people look like they know what they're doing. You know, it's all the social stuff we all have to go through in, in school, and we never really do come out of that, let's be honest. So there are social factors as to why somebody might not step up, speak up, you know, step out. Um, But this is a little bit craftier than that because what is being done with these groups, with MLMs, is they leverage that uncertainty and that, that unwillingness to speak up and that inability to critically think about it because you're not sure what's up. And they want to feed you emotionally stirring content, things that are going to keep you emotionally riled up. And that's why motivational seminars and always being pumped up and always picking yourself up by your bootstraps and never saying no and and the the um, the four vital behaviors and all of that. Would you agree with what I'm saying right now from your experience with this? Yes, and I'd say within all of them, when you start doubting, this is what you have to do. Ready? Go back to your why. Go back to your why. Your why isn't strong enough. You have to work on your why. Why are you doing this? What is it for? Right. Which goes back usually to people for family and friends. And then you end up just like going back to, again, working on yourself because it can't possibly be anything else other than you just don't have the right mindset. You're not fully invested in this. You're not really giving it your best. You got to work on some aspect of yourself. And most of the time it goes back to, the very first thing is, are you doing personal development and, you know, your why isn't strong enough? Those two things come up. Right. And see what the 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 deception comes in here um, as follows. We here in the U.S., especially Western nations, I think in general, capitalist nations, all are raised culturally with the dream of this American dream or this idea of success and that you can create your own success, that you can work your ass off, you know, get your life in order, produce products that people want money for, produce services people want to give you money for, and be a, be a, a financial, economic, you know, affluent success. And that's the dream. And then you're going to have all the things you want and everything will be wonderful and you'll be happy and, and, and everything will be great. That's your, that's the sort of framework of a successful life that is presented to us in Western countries. And the, and the, 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 the tragedy of this is that, um, one, (laughs) what is hardly ever acknowledged outside of maybe sometimes in Hollywood is the luck factor. Right. You got to have the break. Talent isn't enough. Hard work isn't enough. You can, you know, as we learned uh, on Star Trek of all places, you can do everything right and still lose. So it's not a matter of fate has, you know, and karma and all this stuff is going to see you straight and it's going to see you, you know, to that success if you do all the right things. But they're leveraging this belief. And this is why I'm talking about this. It's a belief that we all have bought into uh, until life, you know, shows us that it's not really that way. <laughs> and then we go, oh, okay. Um, so it can look, the reason I'm stressing this is because I want to I sort of make this point that it can look like 
this is how the American dream or this is how the dream is, is achieved. Sacrifice, hard work, dedication, discipline. You know, it's going to be hard. You're going to cry. You're going to have tears of frustration. You're going to be so upset. You're going to think 10,000 times you can't do it. You're going to, and you're going to have to keep going. And the really sick thing about this is that actually that could be a formula for success if you're doing something actually legit. But these guys aren't. They only look like they are. So all of the work and effort and money that you're putting into this into this is just enriching this this fool at the top of the pyramid who's who's who thinks you're a fool because you're get you you're buying their bullshit. You're buying into it, and you are giving over everything of this. So it can look like everything we're told is supposed to be what it's supposed to look like. And I just wanted, wanted to, point to sort of point out that our culture has some lies connected with some of this that this is built on, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And right now, I mean, people have never been more vulnerable than, I don't know about you, this is my first pandemic, mm-hmm. so, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but more people have been joining these things because, I mean, your people are losing their jobs, people are, are worried, they're stressed out, and they're thinking, oh, okay, this is an opportunity. This is when MLMs have swooped down, but more people, and this is what people need to do. If you have ever been involved in an MLM, because something that's associated with it, people are ashamed and embarrassed from having gone through it and basically been made a fool of. And here I am, I'm sitting here admitting I lost $20,000 when it's all said and done. And I will share my warts because I think it's important. But we need to report this stuff to the FTC. Granted, the FTC is not filled with enough people to take on all of these, but we need to make a case. And if not there, Truth in Advertising, which is a a watchdog group, you can report things there too. Unless we speak out and say we're mad as hell and we're not going to take it anymore, then it's going to perpetuate. And social media has allowed these type of companies to explode in growth. But at the same time, now there's that backlash of people speaking out and creating content saying, it's not what you think it is. It's not this shiny little emerald city that they are putting it out to be. Exactly. Exactly. And I and like the IRS with Scientology, we can definitely become fairly nihilistic about, you know, the possibility that the government's ever going to do anything about this. And there are good reasons to think that because the government has given these companies and uh, specifically MLMs I'm talking about now, some very, very uh, wide latitude, uh, real leniency with government regulations. And that's a problem. And the only way the government's ever going to stop that or change that is if enough of us tell them we're not okay with that. And we want you to do something about these companies and groups. And we want you to defend us, not them. <laughs> and, and that takes a lot of our voices, unfortunately. And if you want to see the IRS do something about Scientology, it's actually the same thing. The people who need to be on the job policing these activities, sometimes they're not even, the jobs aren't even filled. It's that ridiculous, you know. But we do have an FTC. We have a Federal Trade Commission. We do have a government oversight. It can work. It can do something about these, but only if we put the pressure on it to do it. So I really wanted to stress that too. And I will bring up this past year, and it's been, I want to say it's 15 or 16 letters in total that have been sent out to different MLM companies about their um, income claims and also like, you know, health claims when it comes to COVID is like a boost your immune system or whatever. And then Market America just faced something in Market America will say, oh, we're not MLM. You know, they, they always try to pretend like they're not that. But if you look at the language you look at, there's, they all operate the same. But they had to um, change something. And they had in this year alone, I can't remember the number, but it's over 400 of these deceptive things went out, including JR, who is the founder. And he used to be part of Amway, but you know, took off and created his own thing. And also the distributors as well. In addition to all of that, we also have right now Operation Income Illusion going on in which the FTC has partnered with different um, organizations, law enforcement 
in organizations across the country. Um, and I can't remember all the different ones in there, but it's basically about some different scams going on. So it's, it's not a lot, but it's something. And the more people, especially right now, while we're in the middle of this pandemic, if you speak out and say, this is what's happened to me, this is really the time to do it. Mm. Scream it from the rooftops because the government needs to hear how people are being taken advantage of. Big time. They, they really do. And, and you can't expect these regulatory bodies to take action if, you, if, if we're not alerting them to what they need to take action on. And it sometimes can start small, and sometimes it can seem like it can take an interminable amount of time. Nobody's doing anything. Nobody's paying attention. Now, it's actually that that could be true sometimes, no question about it. Other times it could be that investigations just take a long-ass time because, you know, there's one thing between there's – there's a huge – unfortunately, there's a huge difference between us knowing a thing and being able to prove a thing. And with these groups, you can run the numbers, you can do the math, you can figure out how it's all working, and you can see the deception, and you can see the scam for what it is. But taking that into a court, taking that to a government regulatory body, and proving it beyond any shadow of a doubt so that they can then do their work to take action and shut it down, ah, tremendous amount of work there. So well, not. they have they have the Direct Selling Association, which is the lobbyist group. So you know they're all members of that. Yeah, lots of lawyers, lots, lot. You know they have a lot of protection. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. It's again, it's not. Nobody's pretending it's an easy task. But I will say that if we don't speak up, who will? And if we don't, then we can definitely expect no action to ever be taken. That's why I'm you know, ranting and ranting and ranting about that. Damn it, you people. Get off your feet and do something about it. Anyway. <laughs> um, okay. Now, there are a lot of aspects of this that we are sort of really just sort of very brushing right over the top of that will very likely be the subject of future episodes that you and I will do of this podcast because the recruitment the retention techniques, the um, the fact of disconnection, of you know, of shunning, of of destroying families, of ripping apart social networks, is all part of this. This it, it's part and parcel of the business model. It's not even like an like like it's a weird, odd thing when those events happen. That's what you would expect to have happen with MLMs. So we're going to end up talking about that stuff in a lot more detail, I think, in future episodes. But I wanted to just sort of cover here some basics of what is it, how does it basically work, and what can we watch or look for that can warn us, oh, hey, wow, I might have joined an MLM, and they told me it wasn't. They said this is direct selling. Well, guess what? It's it is, you know, guess what direct selling is? Yeah, that's that's a euphemism for MLM because what does that even what does that even mean? Direct selling. Like you go to a store, that's direct selling. You're selling directly, you know. Anyway, I the language of this is just endlessly annoying and and humorous to me. Oh, it, it's it's insane. I mean, it's ah. just it's just crazy speak. And um, is that yet yeah, loaded language is a huge, huge part of it. It's very much the us versus them, the black, white, all of that yeah. is part of it. And that's something if you get involved with it and you know, like, okay, just any field is going to have particular terminology. You know, it's just that's just how it is. But if you're using language in such a way that Nobody can understand what you're saying. That's a problem. Well, I'll tell you how brilliant it is, is if they don't know what you're saying, but they all think they do. That's when you've really got them. Because, because well, I'll tell you, I, it's uh, this is a thing. I, I think I think sometimes the leadership of these activities uh, secretly just laughs their asses off at the membership because they've got them fooled. It's, it, it, they're, they are practically admitting, if you really uh, interpret the language, if you really figure it out and break it down as to what they're actually saying, 
you 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 see you, this this picture starts presenting itself of some very nefarious people. There's some, especially when you get outside of the U.S. and you look at these type of companies, and I mean within the U.S. too, there is some very dark, very deep darkness. I don't know if that makes sense or not, but it's mm-hmm. just become so much. Unsettling. That yeah. I guess that's the best way. But it's just so unsettling of what these companies are doing because it's worldwide. It's just mm-hmm. it's everywhere, and I mean it's like any kind of product you can think of. There's going to be an MLM for it. I mean, I found right. one on like funeral insurance, on sanitary napkins. I mean, you name it, it's out there. Right. And it's when you get into these developing countries that the problem gets even worse because mm-hmm. I just I've told you now three times that I've lost $20,000. But these other these countries where people do not have the resources we do. Now, trust me, that was not easy for me to do. And it was not like all at one time. But it becomes worse. I mean, there's a story, a friend of mine, Daniel, who sold his family's three goats in order to join one coin, lost. That's, that's all the, that's all they had. You know, people will be willing to do anything because they are believing that dream that is being pitch to them right and this is the this is the uh turmoil this is the problem because we have to have dreams we have to have hopes and aspirations and we want to aspire to better things but just beware man that's all we're saying we're not saying you can't have nice things it's just (laughs) you know there's a way to go about it in a smart way and there's a way to go about it and what you think is going to be your shortcut to millions and these shortcuts to millions are bullshit one yeah. for one for one. And that's really just at the end of the day, the bottom line with this stuff. Uh. Well, I, I would say if anybody is thinking of joining anything, I mean, because in my videos, I often say, do your own research, you know, and I mean that do your own research. Don't just accept what we're saying at mm-hmm. all. That's right. Go and find what other people are saying to put in the company and then put in scam, put in the company and put MLM, put in the company and lawsuit into Google. Yep. That's what I'm trying to say is like search for it, you know, and start seeing what's what's going on. Look at truth and advertising. Have they been reported there? Start digging into it, because unless you start really looking at it, you you, you could very well say like, well, it sounds good. It sounds innocent. Well, it's, it's this just sounds like a fun little party. But there's really something much darker that's happening. People are losing their lives. I mean, literally losing their lives. People have committed suicide. There are murders associated with this you know, type of company. Things have happened. Um, it's, it's just, it becomes unimaginable of the different connections that are out there. Exactly, exactly. Well, I wanted to thank you for that because it's true. Where, you know, it might sound hyperbolic, um, but, you know, there have been deaths in Scientology. I mean, these are, these are, this is why we talk about this stuff. This is why we spend our days studying and learning about this and trying to pass the information on to you guys. We're not, you know, nobody's, believe me, and with what we know, it would be so much easier for us to just go make a lot of money doing this. (laughs) (laughs) But instead we warn people away from it. Um, We're foolish people, aren't we? (laughs) Well, you know, I guess, I guess some would say so, because, you know, definitely, I know you're, I'm sure you're called a hater, I'm called a hater, oh, yeah. and it's like, oh, you just didn't really work at it. I mean, I'm told all kinds of things, and when I hear that from people, really, my heart kind of breaks for them, because mm-hmm. I, I know where they're at, and it's like, and I understand where they're at, and it's like, oh, I just hope you don't lose too much, because I'll be here for you when you do wake up. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I hope we've covered in this episode the basics of this and the red flags of this. With this episode alone, you should be armed well enough that you at least can take a a, a fairly, you know, an in-depth look at any opportunity or sales advantage or whatever is being presented to you, probably by a friend, by the way. (laughs) most assuredly right is usually how the connection happens and you just want to kind of politely you know just no thanks no thanks i'd really rather not and i really highly recommend you look into the business model you're promoting right now because it looks scammy and i I would just say that and be done with it 
you know. Yeah, I was and one of the things I think people get tripped up in because they want to support their friend mm -hmm. and they think, well, I'll just get something and that will help them out. But if you do that, you really keep them trapped yep. within it. So, I mean, the best thing you can do is don't buy the products from them. Don't listen to it. Don't take any part of it. Do that out of love for your friend, your family member, and don't support it because it's really not going to help them. No, that's a very good advice. Thank you for that. All right. Well, this has been our our sort of introductory episode to this topic. I've been threatening to do this for months. Alanda, thank you for joining me for this. I really, really appreciate your time and your experience with this and, and the, the education and, and uh, uh, warnings <laughs> that you are bringing to my audience about this. I hope that they listen. How do they find you and your content? Um, the Recovering Hunbot on YouTube. Um Lots of stuff there. And that's where I am on all social media is the Recovering Hunbot. Perfect. Okay. Well, folks, look her up because I have um, done some deep dives on this, but this is her territory. And I think she's got a lot of incredibly valuable things to share with you guys about this stuff. Uh, like I said, she and I have been in touch over the last year uh, talking about this behind the scenes and uh, doing video work. And, and, and she's been helping me understand this world and how uh of mlms and it's been really just another sort of level of coercive control you know it's just another domain that this stuff exists in and you don't want to be coercively controlled <laughs> you really no. don't it's no fun <laughs> so uh again alanda thank you very much for your help with this thank you chris i appreciate it Absolutely. All right, folks, uh, check the show notes uh, for the links to Alanda's uh, stuff there, and I will see you guys next week. Bye-bye.